Welcome, everybody, to today's show of the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. I am your host. I'm so happy to have you here today. We have an exciting program for you today, as usual. Um, If you happen to have missed last week's show, uh, we talked about half the women have a backup plan guy on standby. Also, uh, we had on my new segment, Rideshare Rideshare Rants, at the uh, fourth quarter of the hour with our special guest and friend to the show, business attorney Michael Brown. And he gave us a lot of tips for rideshare drivers uh, from a business point of view because rideshare drivers are independent contractors and there's a lot of things that you should be aware of that you might not, that might not have crossed your mind with regard to um, earning some supplemental income. Come with doing these rides. All right, so uh, that was uh, last week, and um, you can listen to any and all of these uh, shows on my archive. All you have to do is just hit Google, um, SoundCloud, the Men's Advocate, and then you'll be um, able to access the whole library of shows and, and catch up. And speaking of catching up, I wanted to to play for you a segment, and it was kind of a spinoff on uh, two shows that we had, actually, part one and part two. Uh, If you happen to have missed She Said This But Means That, both of those shows uh, ran um, on May 4th and May 11th. You'll be um, uh, laughing your head off trying to uh, listen to what those uh, comments are uh, from those programs. So you can... Uh, check those out on the SoundCloud cloud. So uh, let me play you a little clip uh, bouncing off of that topic. Girl I have no idea what she's saying. Try this. A girl translator? Translating. No one's ever here for me. Why don't you just hold me? Babe, I'll hold you. No, go away. Go away. Come back. No, go away. Come back. I said to go. go away. You never listen to me. No I have no idea what she's saying. No one's Try this. Girl translator? Yeah, bro. You know, everything she sent. Translating. I hate you! She means I love you. Why does this always happen to me? I don't get it. All guys are dogs. Oh! I'm fake crying to get your attention. No one's ever here for me. Why don't you just hold me? Babe, I'll hold you. No, go away. Go away. Come back. Go. No, go away. Come back. I said to go. go away! I'm never getting married. Why hasn't he asked me yet? How do I look? Compliment me now. I ran four miles today. I deserve to have this. I walked to Starbucks. You're in good shape, babe. You need to go to the gym more. Seriously, do you even realize that I love you? I hate your guts. You're on your own, bro. No, 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 no. Oh, and your friend Niels is really annoying. Oh, by the way, I hooked up with your friend Niels. Oh, my goodness. So if you've encountered these types of uh, conversations with your girl and you want to know more about the girl translation, you have to catch uh, catch uh, those two shows from last month on uh, 5.4 and 5.11. She says this but means that, and uh, you'll be laughing your head off, and at least you'll understand where she's coming from. So a lot of times girls don't talk straight. They don't say what they mean, so catch up on that. All right, so today's show, we're we're having a really exciting show for you today. We're going to be talking about um, a mailbag question, and I seem to have been getting this question quite a bit, so I figured I'd talk about it on air. Um, And the title of uh, the mailbag question, I'm going to call it, is You're Asking the Wrong Question. So we'll get into that in just a second, what that means. Also, at the bottom of the hour, um, I will have a guest on, uh, author Eric LaPrice and his book, Best Foot Forward, and then, of course, uh, Rideshare Rants in segment four, which is 45 minutes past the hour. So we'll talk about all of that juicy stuff. So let's get into the mailbag question. Oh, oh also, we're going to be talking a little bit about fetishes. <laughs> Since we're on um, Eric's book, uh, we'll be talking uh, about that topic as well. Okay, so the question that I keep getting in my mailbox, um, as well as uh, I think it was 
either, I think it was yesterday that I had this question, but I've seen this quite a bit. And the question asker says, many women today have been socially engineered to hate, look down on us and disrespect us. And I think a lot of guys today, I I do agree with that. I think that is a true statement for a lot of young women that they do come from this place. And um, I understand how a lot of guys want to check out. There's a lot of dating coaches these days, and they're just basically saying that women aren't worth it. Uh, they're low lives. Uh, you can't trust them. They'll cheat on you. Um, and, you know, they're really not upstanding women that you would even want to a relationship with, let alone, you know, propose and marry. And I do agree with all of that. But you can't stay focused on what she is doing because whatever she is doing, she's just going to do what she's doing. (laughs) And that's not where your power lies. Your power lies in you. As you've learned from my book, Mastering Women, which you can buy on Amazon, it comes either in an ebook or in a paperback version, the number one thing that women are looking for is confidence. They're looking for it today. They've looked for it from 10,000 years ago. It's genetic. It's in our bloodline. And the reason why that is, is because in biologically speaking, from 10,000 years ago, if there is a threat um, that in general, Mother Nature made, made men bigger, badder, stronger, faster than we are to protect the women and children. So the translation, the modern day translation of all of that is we are looking for, despite what comes out of her mouth, that she wants a sensitive guy and all that business, we are looking for a guy who has confidence. So if you keep focusing on what she is not doing and the type of woman that she is, that is not making you happy, guess what? You stay stuck. You haven't learned a darn thing. And if you listen to some of these other dating coaches that say, oh, well, you know, women aren't worth it, just have a one-night stand, um, you know, love them and leave them, you know, dump them after the first date and keep, you know, keep going, you know, be a rolling stone and keep going. Okay, well, you're not learning anything by focusing on her. So let's shift the focus back on you. You need to focus back on you. So if you set the tone for the relationship, she will follow suit. She'll either follow your lead or she'll drop off. She'll walk away. You're, You're not for her, whatever. She'll drop off. Either way, you have won. Because you cut your losses and you will stay in command, in control, and be the master. Somebody has to be the master and let it not be her. It doesn't have to be completely lopsided. What I say in my book is you have to be at least 1% more of a man than she. All right, so when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about what is the wrong question that you guys keep asking and what I want you to replace that question with. So if you're interested in this topic as well as fetishes a little bit later in the hour, uh, call in. The call-in number is 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. We'll talk more about the wrong question and fetishes right after the break. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. 
Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today, we're talking about a mail mailbag question, which is you are asking the wrong question, and also a little bit in the later in the program, we're going to be talking about fetishes. You know, how do they get started? Why are they there? All right. So anyway, getting back to my question asker, um, here is what here is the the wrong question that men often ask. And I know the reason why they ask this question. It is because men work darn hard. And when they come home from work, they want to unplug. So they want to do one of two things in order to unplug and shift gears. One way to unplug is to have a downer, like a, a, an, alcohol, an alcoholic beverage or maybe smoke pot or whatever it is. You just want to zone out and, you know, get into your own little space. So that's one way. Another way that men shift gears is to do something that has nothing to do with work. So the way that men translate this is I want to do something that is fun. So uh, say, for example, um, you know, this weekend he's looking forward to going uh, dirt, dirt bike riding. Okay, so that would be that would have uses a different part of his brain. Uh, He's not thinking about work and he needs to like let off steam. And the best way to do that, a guy thinks, is to have fun. All right. Now, let me under let me let explain to you where women are coming from. Guess what? Women don't come from this place. They might work just as hard as you do. You know, she might be pulling down a six-figure salary. I don't care if she's working 18 hours a day. I don't, I don't care if she just closed the sale of her lifetime. Women do not talk this way. They don't say, okay, I need a drink or I need to, like, smoke some pot after work. They don't say that. They don't say, oh, well, I need to go, uh, you know, kite diving um, on, the, on the weekend. They, they just don't. They don't come from the place. So the wrong question that you ask of a new woman that you're dating is, what would you like to do for fun? It sounds like an innocent question, but you're not going to get anywhere with that because that's, that's a male mentality. If you want to go have fun, go do it with another male. Girls don't come from that place, and it's the wrong question to be asking. What I want you to think of is to replace that question with the correct question. And then you will get out of continually meeting the wrong kind of girl that doesn't do it for you, that you're frustrated all the time, that she kicks sand in your face and she treats you like dirt and she manipulates you, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so the question that you replace it with is... What would you like to do if you could be doing anything? What is your passion? What is your goal? If you could be doing that passion or goal today, what would that be? You see how that opens up a whole other can of worms? Okay, that's the can of worms I want you to go for. Let's go fishing with that. Let's go deeper with that. So if she gives you a BS kind of answer... Like, uh, you know, let's say, 
what do you do for fun? You know, let's say when you ask it, you say, what do you do for fun? And she's going to give you a BS answer. She's going to say, oh, you know, I like getting my nails done. I like going to the mall. And I like uh, watching my hoe bag shows on TV. Where has that gotten you? Nowhere. You're not going to get anything from a girl that has no reason to live. She's just floating through life and tag you are it and, um, you know, tag you're it and she's making, you know, the sunrise and the sunset on you. Of course, she's going to not be the girl that you're excited about. I mean, physically, she might be very attractive, but she's got no more substance than that. So don't ask that question. But you want a girl that is either career-oriented or goal-oriented. It means that she has a life. She has a life without you. Both of you, when you come together, you should be making each other better. You know, that she brings to certain things to the table, you bring certain things to the table, and you will enhance each other. If she's looking at you as her sole source of happiness, that ain't going to work. And that's why you guys get into trouble. So it's not, it's not the actions that she is taking. Because like I say, women are going to do what women are going to do. So it's up to you to ask the correct question where you're getting an answer where you know that this girl is worth pursuing. Does that make sense? That's what gives you your power. I know a lot of dating coaches, they focus on you have to lie to girls, you have to deceive the girls, you have to be an a-hole to girls. Okay, does all that work? Yeah, it works for a little while, it works for a couple of months, but guess what? Um, It doesn't work long range, and more importantly, you don't learn anything by coming from that place. So you need to be better question askers. Um, I had one, one person write back and they said, oh, you know, my goal is to share a life with a partner. If you have a woman that gives you an answer like that, run for the hills. Because oftentimes, you know, since age five, they've been dreaming of the wedding and the prince and the shining armor and the whole deal. And if, she, and if her life goal is to share it with a partner, oftentimes she is more focused on the process of sharing it with a partner rather than the partner. She's, she's more interested in getting married and all that entails um, to the detriment of the partner himself. So run. I mean, I need you to open your ears and start listening to these answers And the answers are all right there in front of you. So if she comes back with a goal or a passion and it doesn't sound like a legit answer, it doesn't sound like a doable um, passion that she has, you know, just let her go. I mean, if you you guys want to beat yourself up against the wall and make your heads numb, you know, keep doing what you're doing, but it's not working. So you need to focus, shift the focus. Um, and ask better questions. So the better question is, rather than saying, uh, what do you like to do for fun? Instead, say, what is your goal or passion? And see what she says. And then from there, you can determine if she um, is a woman that you want to spend some time with. All right. Okay. Let us move on to our fetish topic. All right. So what what are these fetishes? <laughs> um, if you happen to Google the word quicksand, um, you will see uh, minimally clothed women who are half, half submerged in a vicious jungle sludge. Now, why is that? <laughs> it's because, you know, it's like, you know, the old saying, it's like all roads lead to sex. I mean, you know, sometimes when a guy is pumping gas, he thinks, oh, is this going to get me laid? Sometimes when a guy is changing a tire, oh, is this going to get me laid? You know, it's kind of, it's, I think it's along that same line. So there are so many uh, fetishes under the sun, everywhere from feet to dirt to cars. Pretty much anything that you can think of, someone out there has a sexual association attached to it. 
All right? So when a person derives a strong sexual arousal from some non-human object, a non-genital body part or might be a body secretion, that's the rough definition of the word fetish. Activities like role-playing and bondage are also lumped into the fetish category. Basically, it's being aroused by something that is not arousing to the majority of people. Fetishes evolve with the times. Studies suggest historical anthropologists have found that Victorian men had a thing for bare ankles or knees. And it's probably because women were supposed to keep them covered up. The most popular fetishes now and in the past center on body parts, which are feet or toes, and items associated with body parts like shoes, boots, and gloves indicates um, from a study from the University of Bologna in Italy. Also, most people who have a fetish can remember a distinctive time or event when they encountered something that unexpectedly but immediately turned them on. When I was writing my book and when I was interviewing the the tens of thousands of men that I interviewed, um, I can definitely attest to to this what the survey is saying in this regard. I had a, a reader who was four years old. And his mom was getting ready for a party, and she was, you know, back then they were putting on stockings. Um, they didn't have pantyhose back then. They were just putting on stockings and the garter belts and what have you. And he happened to come, the four-year-old happened to be come walking down the aisle, uh, down the hallway, and he saw his mom putting on those stockings. And from that point forward, he then started to have a fetish associated with stockings and feed and garters and, you know, that whole thing. So, yes, there is a trigger um, and usually most men who have a fetish, they can re- remember the exact moment that triggered them to having this fetish. All right. So wherever these fetishes come from, the fetishes tend to last. It's also typical for people to have multiple fetishes simultaneously. You can develop new fetishes, um, but the new ones will not replace the old ones. In fact, you will just keep adding more and more fetishes. Okay. Um, One thing that's certain is the emergence of the Internet has been a huge boom for men who are into fetishes. It gives people a place to express their desires and find other people who might have the same interests. So here are some popular theories on how fetishes made their way into your brain. Uh, One theory is called the brain overlap theory. These are areas of your brain that control your sexual body parts and impulses and are located alongside the areas that control other appendages and emotions. So, um, oops, let me just get that real quick. You've had a long day. You just want to escape the world. And you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head on over to Henson Brewing Company. Burbank's first craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. Follow our progress and support us on Facebook and Kickstarter. Coming winter 2016. Henson Brewing Company. Come as you are. Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. 
Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM. Where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. You're talking to, you're on with the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. I am your host. Today we are talking a little bit about fetishes, and coming up uh, shortly, we're having my guest on. Uh, his name is Eric LaPrice. He has a great new book out called Best Foot forward. So um, anyway, before the break, we were talking a little bit about how fetishes uh, get started, and I just wanted to complete my thought on that. turns out that from uh, studies from the University of San Diego say that there happens to be a crosstalk in your brain between the foot and genital regions, and that may explain why foot fetishes and other infatuations with non-sexual body parts are so common. So another area that that uh, um, begets some research was showing people that have higher sex drives are more likely to have uncommon sex interests. And why is that? And they, they suggest that a supercharged sex drive leads to arousal in situations where this, where sex with a partner isn't possible. And because there's no one around to get busy with, super randy people may unwittingly redirect their sexual energy towards whatever is in the immediate vicinity. So it turns out that um, some men apply the gross-out theory, meaning that um, when you're in a high state of sexual arousal, your disgust impulse weakens. So the things that you'd normally find repulsive, like feet, uh, spit, feces perhaps, may not seem so gross. It's almost like the heightened state of arousal changes your perception of the world. And that changed perception might lead you to incorporate different things into your sexual acts. So if you enjoy a new source of sexual stimulation, you might want to repeat whatever that arousal source is. And lastly, they're talking about the pain theory. So research has shown that sexual pleasure and pain involve the same release of many of the same brain chemicals and neurotransmitters, such as endorphins and serotonin. These chemicals, these chemical ties may help form connections for some people that lead to an enjoyment of pain during sex. So this chemical commonality may also explain a runner's high and the euphoric sensations tied to physically painful sensations. All right. So that's how, that's how a fetish, fetish gets started. So, uh, on that note, let us, uh, welcome our guest, uh, author Eric LaPrice. And his book is called Best Foot Forward. I'm going to read you the, the book title is from, it's a play on words. It's from the English idiom, put your best foot forward. And I'm going to read you a little bit about what his book is about. Um, it, he, 
This book is in the arts and photography category. Uh, it is a coffee table book. It's a pictorial, mainly a pictorial book because he is a photographer. And he's gone feet first portraying women's feet from the most alluring to the basic. And he shows us that feet can be expressive of the person they belong to, perhaps even more so than a portrait. And that's what the jacket of the coffee table book suggests. At 120 pages, the full color pages of professional photo- uh, photographs target those who have a foot, uh, foot fixation or love of viewing women's feet. With no table of contents, the hardbound book has an introduction. It's divided into eight chapters with uh, 18 pages of photographic thumbnails with detailed descriptions, including name, location, shoe size, and information. All right. So um, he focuses on such topics such as high heels, pumps, sandals, toe rings, anklets, pedicures, tattoos, and naked feet. All right. And so from the casual to the glamorous to the thin and narrow to the wide and high arched, those who have tanned feet, painted, bejeweled, and shapely feet are shown therein. So welcome, uh, Eric, to our show. That's quite a mouthful there. Thanks for coming on well, the show. <laughs> well, thank you, Linda. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Very good. So tell us, how did you get started in um, this uh, arts and, and photographs book uh, with, with regard to feet? Well, uh, for years, I've always looked on the, uh, well, before the Internet, I looked in magazines. And then when the Internet came about, I looked on the Internet for photography contests and would enter different themed photography contest that I would come across. And back in uh, 2007, I came across a photography contest that was sponsored by a jewelry company uh, that at the time was out of Texas, and they specialized in foot jewelry, the toe rings, the anklets, the ankle bracelets, the footlets, uh, and they were having a photography contest, and the winner of the photography contest would have their photograph, their winning photograph on the homepage of the jewelry company to advertise the site along with the photo credit. Mm-hmm. So I thought, Oh, that sounds like a fun contest to enter. So I uh, got a friend of mine and uh, got her to model for me. And I did all these kinds of different photos with uh, different nail polishes different types of toe rings and ankle bracelets, uh, used different settings, either from like a wooded setting to a more developed setting, like using concrete or like a porch as a background, uh, and shot just a variety of photos. Picked out my top three or five, sent those in, and then as time went on, I, I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Until finally one day in my email, I had a, a message saying, congratulations, you have won the photography contest for oh. uh, this jewelry company. And uh, my photograph then got put on their web page, and I had the photo credit. And uh, it caused me to go back and, and look at the work I had done. And as I was looking at it all, now no longer with the, the competition you know, predominant on my mind, I just started to notice that each one of these different photographs, even though it was the same person, the different combination of jewelry, setting, and uh, nail polish color just added completely different feelings to the photographs. And they could almost be interpreted as, you know, personality elements. And I'm like, you know, this is kind of neat. It might be kind of fun to do something like this. And I remember it always... Whenever I was doing anything, being told, uh, you know, when you do that, put your best foot forward. And that kind of gave me the idea, well, what if I did a literal interpretation of that and showed how people, women in particular, because they're the ones that basically take care of their feet better, uh, how women do that and how their feet can also reveal things about their personality that you wouldn't otherwise know. For example, they may have a tattoo on their foot that has a specific meaning. They may have a a toe ring that has quite an 
interesting backstory. I came across quite a few that uh, really had interesting stories or even some stories behind why they had a certain pedicure. Uh, I remember one in particular had a pedicure that was because she went to a wedding and those were the wedding colors and uh, it was in honor of her mom because her mom was getting married again. So uh, there were many things about it that were very expressive of the person's personality. And so I started exploring it, going out, doing the photos. And uh, as I went along, I started to break it down into the different chapters of the different types of shoes and what they express, the jewelry, the tattoos, the, the artwork associated with pedicures. And uh, what you see is uh, in my book is a result of years' worth of work, not only doing the photography, but also doing a lot of research behind each topic. And not only did I do the photography, I did all the writing that you see in the book as well. That sounds great. By the way, if you're interested in Eric's book, we're going to give away a book. And uh, the, the link to the book, um, you, you can just go on my Facebook fan page the same name as the show the men's advocate show with linda gross make sure you hit like page in the upper right button and you will see the link uh to eric's book and you can uh, purchase it from there but for right now for the for during this show if you call our show and mention that you're listening to the show and give a shout out to eric i will give you a copy of his book best foot forward so call in 951-922-3532 also if you're not able to call in you can also leave a post on my facebook wall or send me a facebook message and let us know that you're listening to the show all right um you know a funny thing uh that i can recall with regard to when i was doing my interviews what was i going to say gosh i forgot now about it slipped my mind. Oh, well, I'll come back to it. Were you going to give them the trivia question they have to answer? <laughs> no, it's, uh, that's kind of esoteric. You're welcome to quickly give the trivia uh, question. But I think if they just give us a shout-out and say we're listening to the show, um, that would be great. Um, okay. So anyway, um, as we're waiting for that call to happen or the post to happen, um, you know, the reasons why pedicures have exploded and why beautiful shoes have exploded is because of the show Sex and the City. And it turns out that here in Los Angeles, you really cannot get around without a car. I mean, L.A. is so spread out. Um, so many of the destinations that you want to go to when you're stuck in traffic, it's like an hour to get from here to there. So what started um, Beautiful Feet, in my opinion, is the show Sex in the City. And the reason why that is is because the young ladies of that show, they had a couple of sponsors, Jimmy Choo and Louboutin, of that show. And um, they, the women in New York City, they walk or take a cab. They don't have a car payment, so they're saving $400 on a car payment they don't have to have. They're saving another $200 a month on insurance that they don't have to have, and they're saving another $100 on maintenance that they don't have to do, and they're saving another $100 on gasoline that they don't have to pay for. So all that adds up to you know, anywhere from $500 to $1,000 extra that women in New York don't have to pay as compared to, say, a city like Los Angeles, which is highly dependent on cars. So as a result of that, they started with these five, six, seven, eight hundred $800 shoes, you know, the Louboutins and the, the Jimmy Choo's, because instead of the car payment, they were, they were buying shoes. And then along with the shoes, you know, some of the shoes back on the show had open toes or sandal type uh, shoes and then started, you know, this craze of like out of control pedicures. I mean, before the pedicure, um, not that many women were getting pedicures that probably were doing their own nails. But back back then, prior to Sex in the City, you would get a pedicure to, you know, ease out the rough calluses in your heel and maybe to cut your cuticles. And that was about it. Now, pedicures are just completely out of control. And they put jewels on. They have different colors. They have different designs and stripes and, you know, pretty much any kind of pedicure you can think of. And the pedicure goes along with enhancing the shoe. 
<laughs> so that's kind of where the modern day craze with I think with the with the women's feet happened. Well, hey, I can't argue that. That sounds like a very good theory yeah. to me. It's and it's good for the men who look at them. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Absolutely. I know what I was going to say with my men's book when I was interviewing for the for the men's book all the the men. I cannot tell you. I got this comment over hundreds and hundreds of times, if not thousands of times. The guy would say that I don't care if she's an 8, 9 or 10, I will dump her in a heartbeat if she has ugly feet. Absolutely. Meaning that <laughs> if the feet are not kept up to standards, if if she's got snaggly feet, smelly feet, crusty feet, there there's bumps and calluses and you know toenails aren't, you know, square and and nicely buffed, done. They're absolutely done. They don't care if she's a Victoria's Secret model, they are done. How do you feel I about that? Believe- I believe that 100% and, and agree with it. Uh, you know, you can take, you know, what you would consider the most beautiful woman from the ankles up, but if her feet are ugly, that just, it, it will destroy the whole package. <laughs> um, they're that, uh, they really can have that much effect, which is why it's something that feet should not be taken for granted or abused. Uh, because, uh, it, once you damage them or, you know, get them where the, the toes are all, you know, scrunched up for hammer toes or something like that, that's very hard to fix. Yeah, I agree. I have this policy myself that if the shoe hurts or is going to cause me pain or it's going to cause damage to my feet, that's it. I, I will make one last attempt to take it to the shoe repair guy to say, okay, it's hurting my third toe or whatever. And if he can't fix whatever it is, that's it. I never wear those shoes ever again. I either donate them or put them in the trash. I'm done with that shoe because it's like it's not worth it. Sometimes I go get pedicures and you and just like these other guys about the book were saying, they are gorgeous women sometimes in those salons and you look at their feet and they've got red bumps and calluses and blisters and 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 sores and it's like hell no and i can tell that they're just wearing horrible shoes that the shoes are irritating doesn't matter what the cost of the shoe is by the way um they're irritating her foot in a way that causes in many times permanent damage so why why are you going to mess up your feet like that but you know, I guess girls don't think of these things. They think, oh, you know, I paid 500 bucks for these shoes. I'm going to wear them till I die. Um, <laughs> but guys, uh, you know, they should talk to the guys more because guys are not interested. No, no, they are not. And, you know, they really need to to get shoes that fit properly. If you get ones that are, are too small and, you know, the the salesman or saleswoman is telling you, oh, they're they're going to stretch out a little bit now if they hurt in the store don't buy them or you know try the next size up because if if they hurt that means there's something wrong uh and uh it's always better to get ones that are good quality rather than you know going cheap and getting like the cheap plastic ones or something like that you want to get a a good well-made one uh and make sure it fits and one of the interesting things you got to remember with that is don't go trying shoes on early in the day. You want to wait till late in the day because over the course of the day, as you're walking around, your feet do swell up a little bit. Uh, and if you try them on in the morning when you get out of bed, your feet are actually going to be smaller. So wait till later in the day, and that's when you try shoes on and size them accordingly. Absolutely, because they do tend to swell and get tired at the end of the day, and you're right. That's exactly when you should go shoe shopping. Absolutely. All righty. So why are feet such a fascinating subject for you? Well, well, number one, uh, quite simply, I like them. Uh, I think they're really attractive body parts. I like how I like their shape. I like how they can be decorated as far as the the different types of 
polish on the toes or the jewelry. Uh, and footwear has always had a bit of a fascination for me. It's got a crazy history as well uh, that goes along with uh, drawing attention to the feet. I mean, mm-hmm. footwear, I mean, there's a lot of footwear out there that, you know, it's, I mean, it's hard to argue that it's not designed to draw attention to the feet. Uh, and uh, as I did the book, I kept learning more and more and more about how things about these women's feet were expressive of their personality. And that was really fascinating. All the true stories I got, uh, for example, like behind tattoos they would have on their feet, and some Mm -hmm. were really intricate tattoos, Uh, and just the special meanings that they had. Uh, Or I even mentioned uh, jewelry. There was one woman I shot uh, back in Pennsylvania. She had a really interesting toe ring on, and I, I got in a conversation with her, and I asked her about it. And that ring was her son's baby ring. Oh, wow. And she eventually had it sized as a toe ring and wore it uh, because that was her son's baby ring. Uh, in Arizona, I came across a mother and uh, daughters that all had the same tattoo on their feet. It was the infinity sign. Right. Uh, and what that symbolized to them, they all had it on the same foot, um, that that was, they would be family forever. Mm-hmm. That was just a little something they did. And I, just, that was just a really neat story. Nice. Nice. Would you say that there are particular style of shoe that enhance a woman's appearance? Like I personally, there are two styles that I will never wear. I hate wedgies. <laughs> I just think they're just so clunky. They're just so, you know, uh, like a monster clunky kind of thing. And the other style I won't wear is like super, like a couple of years ago, these were very popular, but um, super flat ballet shoes, which I think make you look, you know, low and dumpy and doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. flattering to the leg. Well, I, uh, I agree with you on both those points. And the answer is yes, there are certain styles that do flatter the foot and the appearance and then there are some that oh my god do they really take away from it Mm -hmm. uh the ones that i i believe flatter the foot and enhance the appearance are ones that number one they're nice sleek design are not overly complicated or ornate more simple in design i love the simple classic stiletto heel uh as long as it has a heel that doesn't go above about three and three quarter inches, maybe four at the absolute maximum. Once you get above that, they just look ridiculous, number one. And they start holding the foot at such a bizarre angle. It's just no longer alluring. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I also like sleek ballet flats, but they do have to have a little bit of a heel. Um, The interesting thing about having a heel is that... um, If you look at animals, most of them, you will notice they walk on the balls of their feet. So if we have a heel on a shoe, it helps to hold our feet in a more natural position uh, so that we would be more so up on the balls of our feet rather than coming down hard on our ankles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, humans have learned to uh, use shoes to walk in, and that's why a lot of runners, you know, if you know, using runners as an example, a lot of time when runners run, you see a heel and then forefoot strike in their stride. Right. If you watch a barefoot runner, they have more of a forefoot strike. So they start going back to that more natural running stride. Hmm. Uh, so, so, yes, the super flat ballet heels, or ballet heels, that's a contradiction in terms, ballet flats. <laughs> yeah, those don't look good. They need to have a little bit of a heel on them just to, just to raise that heel a little bit above the forefoot. I agree. And, Kitten heels. They're, yeah. they're usually like, like an inch or so, but it gives you just a <laughs> tiny bit of, of lift. 
Eric, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for one second. We're at the time in our program where we do Ride Share Rants. This is our comedy segment where I invite um, people who are drivers to tell us about their crazy passenger stories. And we have Dana on the line from Atlanta, and she's going to talk to us about her story, The Orchestra Couple. Hi, Dana. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Thank you. Thank you for joining our show. Okay, so I picked up this nice couple at the orchestra. They were chatting with me. Everything was great. And then the gentleman took a phone call. And all I heard on my end of the line was, "Uh uh-huh, okay, really? Wow. Okay, so do you have an apron or something? And then he says, well, do you have a garbage bag? Because I don't want to get blood all over my clothes. We just came from the orchestra. And all I heard was blood all over my clothes and my eyes bugged out. Um, Turns out his friend had been hunting and slaughtered a wild hog and needed his buddy to come help him get the hog out of the car so he could butcher it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Crazy things do happen on these rides. It was very scary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, Dana. Thank you very much for your entry. I really appreciate it. And uh, call us again with another crazy passenger story. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, Eric, I just uh, I just wanted to get out an announcement, and I'll come back to you in just one second. Um, we're, we're on with uh, my guest, Eric LaPrice. His book is Best Foot Forward. You'll find his book on my Facebook fan page. Um, and the first person, and we still have like about a minute left if you want to call and, and win that book, um, and we'll ship that to you. But anyway, the upcoming announcements are... Friday, June 17th at 11 a.m., I will be a keynote speaker at the California State Capitol advocating for fathers' rights and men who have been wrongly denied custody of their children. This is a an open event for parents, grandparents, children, families, relatives, friends to work together to resolve the injustices regarding children that have been denied having their fathers in their lives. So join us. Uh, that's Friday, June 17th on the south steps of California State Capitol, 11th and N Street. I'll put this all on my Facebook fan page. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week and each and every Wednesday uh, at the Men's Advocate Show. 